It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A rude person for years, man. You you feel like it. You get riled up for no reason. You. No, 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 no. I'm about to tell you the truth about how you are. You don't apologize for nothing. You get into one thing, now you got something to run and harp on, then you tripping. I don't trip, though. Kiss my ass. I don't need nobody kissing my Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I am excited because I just saw the news that Adele was going to be on SNL next week. I love it. Sad Girl season has begun. I'm going to find myself a chunky cardigan, wrap myself up, light a candle, and drink some tea and cry. You know, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm here and I'm ready. Not much to talk about. Oh, I was blessed to be on a, a podcast called Reality TV and Me. We talked about Married at First Sight. A lot of you guys I know um, have been asking me and wondering if I was going to be talking about Married at First Sight Australia. I haven't watched it and I haven't been able to find the full season, but head on over to Reality TV and Me. Listen to Kirstie talk about it. She's great. She's so funny and she's so awesome. So if you haven't listened to her already, pop it over. And she's Australian, you guys. Great accent. She knows. Um, let's talk about some news items, right? Wow. So <laughs> at this point, I feel like I might be kind of trolling you guys by talking about Max Eric, um, you know, recent ex-fiance of Demi Lovato but this shit just keeps escalating and it's so funny to me and it's so fun for me to talk about his straight up shenanigans so I'm gonna talk about it (laughs) so last week if you remember he was telling everybody please stop bullying me I'm not into bullying Demi's not into bullying so please don't use our story and our breakup as a means to bully us I would really like to be left alone, you guys. And so what did he do? Not one day after I posted this episode, went on the fucking beach where he proposed to Demi with paparazzi in a full Spidey style photo shoot in which he is on the beach 
sitting in the sand, looking up at the sky, going into the fucking water with his jeans on, like doing these, all these despondent, uh, I'm so heartbroken poses, literally Heidi Montag sitting on the chair in the blue heels crying with her head in her hands, like, girl, girl, (laughs) this is the shit I live for. Like, what a disaster. What a true, true disaster this man is. And guess what? He stepped it up a notch. He has released his debut single called Afraid about how afraid he is. Y'all, I listened to two minutes and I believe 49 seconds of this song. So you're welcome. Um, He is going on about how he's afraid to love um, you know, just afraid to like take that dive, how afraid he is to be vulnerable and really give himself to someone. He's playing piano and in the background, there's like a sheet and you can see some dolphins swimming and, you know, like the grand Tetons and it's real low budget. It's moody, dark, the whole thing. It, would give you what is a song giving it's giving like if disney decided to pivot into like romantic comedies this would be the song that played when they had like a big fight or a breakup and you know the protagonist is trying to decide whether this relationship is going to work or not you know Like, they're sitting around and their mom's asking, like, are you okay? You're going to make it through, buddy. That sort of thing. It's raining outside. You know, he's sitting in the car. Sees, like, you know, he's going through old texts and pictures on his phone. Like, that sort of vibe. It's, um, sophomoric. But I will say that his voice is not bad. He seems to be from the Ariana Grande school of enunciation in which there's a lot of like mumbling and you really have to like listen with your third ear to detect what's going on. But, you know, considering how embarrassing it is to do something like this and to release a song that alludes to the breakup that you had with the celebrity who's way more popular than you who dumped your ass because you're a fucking weirdo. Like, if you're considering all of those things, it's not that bad. So, shout out to you, Max. Um, What else should I talk about? Let's get into the Kardashian corner, shall we? Wow. So, I have never watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's not really in my wheelhouse. Never heard of it. But I have, I did watch the last couple episodes. So two episodes ago, ago, they go to Palm Springs. They have a big Palm Springs house, but everybody goes, the whole family, all the kids, Scott's there, Kendall's there, Kylie shows up and it seems they're setting up this whole thing as like, Kylie isn't really participatory in the family activities. She's not really around. She's out hanging out with Stassi baby and, you know, Rosalia, that, that sort of thing. And, you know, she just kind of like pops in. Kendall's feeling very resentful of that because she feels like I'm flying all over the world, modeling 
and I managed to make it and be present in our family and go to the vacations. I went to Wyoming, even though I was in London shooting for whatever the fuck, and Kylie can't be bothered. And so then when Kylie is around, she feels like everybody gives her more of a hard time and they really coddle Kylie. So while they're in Palm Springs, all the sisters are going to go out for a girl's night. Kylie's ready to party. You know, she loves her 1942. She's getting drunk. And then they're going to go to a drag show and like have a good time. Um, Courtney is low-key shading Chloe this whole time by being like, you know what? I don't really drink, but that's like how Chloe likes to relate and likes to have fun. So I'm going to go and do that. I'm not really an alcoholic, but you know, that's the only way Chloe will talk to me. So I guess we'll go out and do that. And, um, so they're all, you know, having a good time. Kendall's not really feeling it, but she goes out. Chris is out. Corey's out. Corey's butt is there. The whole thing. They go to this drag show. Kendall can't be bothered to go in because she's tired. So she sleeps in the car while the rest of the girls go to this drag show. So then they go out back to the cars to leave. Some of the family's going back to the Palm Springs house, but Kylie's going back to her house in Woodland Hills, Calabasas, whatever. Corey's leaving and going with her. And Kendall has to go back to her house. Here's the thing. Kendall lives in Beverly Hills. Kylie and Corey live in the Valley. Kendall wants them to take her back to her house, drop her off, and then go home. Kylie's not trying to do that shit because, you know, we all know vaguely how LA works. Like, that shit's far apart. It would probably would have taken them another extra hour to drop Kendall back off in the city and then go back home. They don't want to do that. Fair, right? I think totally fair. We hear Corey offer to get another car for Kendall because they had hired cars to take them home. She doesn't want to do that. She's insistent on them taking her back. And then we hear Kendall calls the other car that has who? Kim... Courtney, Chloe, and Chris. I think it was either Kendall or Kylie calls, and we can hear, maybe it was Corey, we can hear them, Kylie and Kendall, get into this huge fight. Corey's trying to break them up. It gets physical. Kim's trying to call the bodyguard. They're trying to stop the car, get Kendall into their car. So Kendall gets into their car. She's fuming. She's talking about how... They got into this huge fight. Corey said fuck you to her. Kylie put her heel into her, you know, thoracic bone or whatever. And it got into this whole thing. You know, big heel into her neck. So everybody's trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Of course, Chris, because these are his daughter, her daughters and her man. She feels very much in the middle of this whole situation. She doesn't know what's happening Question for us all, why were there no cameras in that car? Y'all didn't have a spare GoPro? What's happening? 
Are we just not being privy to the footage? Or were there really not cameras there? That's confusing to me. So, that's the end of two episodes ago. So then, the next episode is Kendall versus Corey. He He said, she said, Kylie comes over to Chris's and is like, you know... I feel like I'm in the right. I understand that Kendall feels like she's in the right, but I was right. (laughs) And then Chris and Corey go to some dance class with whoever the fuck from Dancing with the Stars, Cheryl Burke, who's dating one of the Lawrence brothers. Did we know that? I don't really even know who Cheryl Burke was, but I saw a headline where she, I guess, is an alcoholic and all the things that she and Matthew Lawrence have had to deal with. That's a whole corner of pop culture and celebrity I don't know but anyway Kendall calls while they're at their dance lesson and Corey picks up the phone and is like okay give me a minute I'm gonna talk to Kendall so they have this conversation this was everything to me okay okay Corey obviously they're filming a scene he knows he's mic'd up he knows the cameras are there present on him they're clearly like maybe 10 feet back but they're obviously very much present he knows it he knows he's being filmed he picks up the phone with Kendall (laughs) and Kendall's coming at him like I don't understand why you didn't try to defuse the situation I don't understand why you said fuck you to me and he's like first of all this was a fight between you and Kylie I didn't say anything for the first five minutes. And then I tried to, you know, Kendall's basically saying that it was Kylie and Corey have a very close relationship. They really get along. Kylie loves him for Chris. They have a friendship, yada, yada, yada. So Kendall feels like it was Kylie and Corey versus her. And Corey's trying to explain, no, this was a fight that you were having with Kendall. I just happened to be there. I did try to help y'all. But then you came at me crazy. And then he tells her. (laughs) He's like, you've always been an asshole. (laughs) Uh, He's like, you've always been rude and an asshole since I've met you from day one. And I'm over it. (laughs) He's like, basically tells her that she's entitled. She acts like a brat. And if she wants to be mad at anybody, she should be mad at herself for being a terrible human being. (laughs) Now this is, you know, maybe there are conversations that can be had about like, yo, this is your girl's children. You probably shouldn't be talking to them that way. You're not their stepfather. You don't need to parent them. You're probably closer in age to Kendall than you are to her mom. (sighs) But this was the response of a man who has seen Kendall (laughs) act like a monster (laughs) behind the scenes. And he was just done. Like he couldn't even like try to keep the peace. He was over her. He was over her bullshit. (laughs) And I thought it was so funny. (laughs) It sounds very rude. He didn't yell at her. He was speaking very calmly, using a, a very even tone of voice. 
he was just giving, like, telling her straight, like, you have been like this. And this is your issue. You caused the situation. I gave you several options. I gave you the option of hiring your own car. And Kylie even says this to her mom later. I could have given her a car. Don't y'all know I'm a fake billionaire? I got this. If I have to pay $1,500 to take you 35 minutes to Beverly Hills, I can do it, girl. It's nothing to me. This, and this is why, I mean, yeah, I am generally team Kylie. I generally don't fuck with Kendall. I think her house was gorgeous. Miles, miles ahead of the other family in terms of taste and just general vibe of the home. That being said, personally, I don't really fuck with Kendall. Personally, I'm team Kylie every day, all day long. Okay. Um, it was just very funny to me and I just, I lived for it. Is there anything really else to say? No, I think that they're still kind of, Kendall's still acting like this was Corey's fault. But the truth of the matter is if you need somebody to take you home and they offer you another ride and you know, you guys aren't going, you don't live anywhere near each other. Just take the car. Just take the fucking car. Why do you, why do you insist? This is, he, Corey is absolutely right. They offered you another option and you refused to take it. And then you escalated the situation and made yourself out to be the victim. Loved it. Loved it. This is a drama that I want to see on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I don't need to see these fake storylines. I don't need to know that Scott has low testosterone. I definitely don't need to see these like, oh, I'm going to put Chloe, strap a wig on Chloe and have her take paparazzi pictures of her pissing in a liquor store parking lot and trick Chris into thinking that she has, you know, a drinking problem. I don't need to see that. All right, let's move on. I... (laughs) My very first podcast, I made the decision to recap Rachel Lindsay's uh, season of The Bachelorette. It was the first time I had ever laid my eyes on The Bachelor, Bachelorette universe. That was a wild ride for me. I'm still feeling some type of way about her not picking Peter and going with that, like, chiropractor or whatever the fuck he goes by dr abs Ugh, forget it they're headed down the road towards divorce don't we all think that anyway basically after that i dipped out but y'all i'm back in i keep wanting to call the new bachelorette corinne because i know that that's a name that is brought up a lot in the bachelor universe her name is claire see i already forgot her name's claire <laughs> um I'm all in mostly because there was so much drama that happened during filming and leading up to filming. I guess she left the season at some point and they had to get another bachelorette in there. So I'm like, all right, let me just check this out. I'm telling you guys right now, a lot of you asked me if I was going to talk about the bachelorette. You guys... 
I can't do like a full recap for my mind and my spirit. Like if if I start recapping The Bachelorette, like it's over for me. The whole podcast is done. But I can every week or as it interests me, I will be providing just, you know, occasional thoughts about the whole situation. And let's get into the premiere episode. <laughs> The Bachelorette is such a wild ride for me because it's so forced and so <laughs> like saccharine, thick, sugary, sweet. It's not my vibe. And so a lot of it is very cringeworthy, but it's also like, you know, if I want to get like, you know, half a glass of Pinot in me. I'm like, oh, I, I don't get it, but I'm enjoying what I'm watching. So first things that got to me, obviously they were very, a lot of the episode was very COVID pandemic heavy because they wanted to start filming. We get this like clearly fake. I love when like reality shows, when they're doing a competition show or some sort of thing, they tell the contestant or contestants that you're going to be on the show. You were picked. And it's like, of course they know that they're going to be on the show. They got a fucking camera three feet away from them. Why did they think you guys are there? You're mic'd up. You know that you're going to be on the show. <laughs> like, So why are we doing these fake calls of like, you got it. Chris Harrison. I'm, I'm FaceTiming with Chris Harrison. Is he going to tell you like, no, you didn't get the get the uh you didn't get the show you didn't book the show Claire right (laughs) like so she does this thing and he's like you're the next bachelorette and she breaks out into tears breaks out into tears so I don't really know anything about her obviously I was struggling to figure out what her name was um after watching a whole two-hour episode about her but I'm of the understanding that she's been on several iterations um there was a man who, when they do that, like, uh, I'm going to meet every guy before they go into the house thing. There was a guy who came with a pillow in his pant- in his uh, shirt. And they did a flashback to when she did that to Juan Pablo. Is that his name? She pretended to be pregnant? As her, like, in- here's here I am segment like I know those segments get really fucking wild and there was a lot of theatrics there was a man who like busted through a paper and uh the guy who came in like a a, a Griswold car that, that's a real throwback reference right like oh I'm like Clark, Clark Griswold like this is in 1982 who, who gives a shit who gives a shit there was that other man who was like American Psycho with the with the white scarf there was a lot of things happening here Um, there were a lot of tears. She cried a lot and she seemed to want to harp on the fact that she's 39. Honestly, like, I think she looks pretty good for 39. Um, but I understand that there's like a typical age range of the show. So she's definitely on the older side. It seemed like most of the men were like mid twenties to mid thirties. I wasn't really paying a whole lot of attention, but it didn't seem like a lot of the guys were her age. I don't think any of them are older, but 
um, there was a lot of crying. There was a lot of her like looking out of windows as she was in quarantine and testing for, to make sure that she was positive or negative. (laughs) Um, there was a point where they, somebody knocks on the door and tells her, you're free to go. You're all good and clear. You're going to be the next bachelorette again, six months later. And she goes outside like she's in a period commercial, like a tampon commercial and looks up at the sun and does a twirl, a twirl. <laughs> like she's in Cheryl Crow's soak up the sun video. Like what the hell is happening here? I, the, y'all, the descriptions are what get it for me. The, the people's job descriptions. One guy was a boy band manager and the other man was a male grooming specialist. I have questions that I don't want answered about both of those. Um, there was a guy in a straight jacket and I, there was a segment that I wasn't really paying attention to. And then to look up and see a guy in the house, just with the straight jacket on as all the other guys were talking and, you know, talking game. And some guy brought uh, moon pies for some reason. Um, you know, that was a lot for me. I remember when during Rachel's season, there was a guy who brought that like little doll who had the backwards um, hat. Do you guys remember him? <laughs> and then they would have that, that little doll talk every now and again. He had like subtitles, captions. <sighs> they love a caper, don't they? They love, they love a thing. Oh man. Um, Dale. So I'm of the understanding that w- I think what happened is they were supposed to film production shut down. They started filming again and then it came out that she had actually been talking to some dude and they fell in love during that period of production being shut down and she decided to leave the show. I'm assuming that that guy is Dale because they made a big deal about him and they did their little intro outside in the driveway. And then when he went into the house, she was like, I think that's my husband. She's looking at this man, this beautiful biracial man. And she really like, it seemed like there was a lot of attention being paid to him. And he was the one who got the first rose. Is that what's happening? Don't answer that. But is that what's happening? I'm assuming she ends up leaving the show with Dale in the preview for the rest of the season. It seems like he is kind of the villain and that all the guys are like, Oh, Dale's not who he appears to be. He's like behind the scenes being really shady and terrible. And he's like an asshole and he's a monster, but she seems to be so smitten with him. I'm curious about that. Um, what else happened? Oh, that, that drama between Yosef. (laughs) And Tyler, I don't know who's Tyler C or Tyler M, how many Tylers there are. Um, I guess they were dudes who both are from West Virginia or that area. And uh, 
Yosef has a daughter and he's going on about like how he's leaving his daughter and he thinks that it's worth it to be on the show to find love so sorry to find love sorry not to be to find love um but Tyler is like oh I have a friend who reached out to me on Instagram and said that Yosef was uh fucking hitting up all these girls and video chatting with them and flirting with them while we were, you know, on downtime for production. And then it becomes a whole, like, Claire, like, Tyler and Yosef, I need to talk to both of you guys to figure out what's going on. Let's get to the bottom of this. Who's telling the truth? Who isn't? And then I think at the end of the day, Yosef and his bad eyebrows, his overly threaded eyebrows are the one, is the one who gets a rose and not Tyler, or maybe I got that wrong. <laughs> Either way, I will say both of them needed to leave. Don't start that bitch-ass drama day one, hour one into the situation. But maybe you do. Like, let's just get out of the way because it's so stupid. It's so dumb. Um, I feel like those are all the opinions that I have at this point, but... I'm here for it. I'm here for her just dipping out in the middle of it. I want to see that happen. Uh, apparently there's a walkout amongst the men at some point. Some sort of unionized <laughs> boy, pro boycott that the all the men may, may take. Um, I'm interested in seeing the new Bachelorette. I think she is a, a black lady. I'm excited about that. Do they have to start the whole process over? Or is she just stuck with the guys that Claire didn't, you know, left? behind <laughs> I'm into that um y'all let me know if you wanted me to continue talking about the bachelorette I know that there are like 75,000 bachelor bachelorette uh podcasts but I figure if I can just keep it down to like 10 minutes maybe that's palatable enough all right so for the rest of the episode you guys I am talking about next I'll be talking about love after lockup and then after that, I'll be doing my Real Housewives of Orange County recap with Melissa Beck of the Imperfect Strangers podcast. So check that out. I'll give all the information for her podcast in the description notes. Um, yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. You went over there like two seconds after you got out. It's the first time I ever get to touch you or be by you in dealing with the yeah. And you just like walked away so easily just getting out i was more than a little overwhelmed you know it's probably a feeling you couldn't even imagine and i apologize you know i know that heather's been cheated on in the past and she has trust issues but if you're going to be jealous of me interacting with your 90 year old aunt on oxygen how are you going to feel about it when i go to the gym or to get the mail you okay, okay. i don't know tell you you tell me. Because you don't know, there might be a female male lady out there who thinks I'm cute. But I've showed no signs of disloyalty, infidelity, anything. Hey, y'all. Let's get into Love After Lockup. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I, it looks like we're almost done with this season. And in November, we're going to be going right back into Life After Lockup. And it seems like the only carryovers from this season now making it into the big leagues of the love after lockup spinoff is um 
Lindsay and Scott. And who else was in there? I think. Oh, maybe um, uh, Heather and Dylan. I hope so. I think it was Heather and Dylan, but I might be wrong. Let's start with Quaylon and Chevelle. Really not a whole lot to talk about. They go to the zoo. I've never seen a zoo that has a direct um, view of a mini mall across the street, but, you know, it's neither here nor there. They're having a good time. Quaylon is loving this experience because he can take Chevelle's daughter, and this is not something that his father did for him when he was growing up, so it's like you know, righting the wrongs and rewriting history of his past and showing Myla, I think that's her name, that she, um, you know, has a present father there to experience these sorts of things with. Now, they seem to be having a good time, especially since the last time we left them, um, Quaylon was telling Chevelle to put on a sweater and chill. But, you know, the fun times only last for a moment with them because Quaylon decides to tell her right next to the um, uh, orangutan cage that he is going to be going back to Texas to see his family, figure things out, you know, just kind of travel and and do that whole thing so Chevelle's great question was did you get a round trip ticket or did you get a one-way and Quaylon's like oh I got a one-way ticket (laughs) she's like well how am I supposed to know when you're coming back this really puts our relationship in jeopardy you're saying you're leaving you know took a midnight train going anywhere and what does this mean for our relationship? And he's like, I don't know. (laughs) He's like, I'm here for you, but I'm going to see my family. And I literally, I don't know when I'm coming back and you're just going to have to deal with that. Listen, I've been saying that Chevelle is one of the most, um, needy, selfish women on this show. She seems to have no perspective as to where his head is at. Again, 12 years in jail. He wants to go see his family. And she's like, well, I didn't think that you would go and see them so soon. Like, what? (laughs) Of course he is. Like, what what do you mean, girl? But that's really it. That's where we leave off with them. You know, griping next to some tigers that are probably, you know, on some sort of like morphine or something like that. It was very sad. It was a very sad situation. Um, Let's go next to Heather and Dylan. We didn't get much of them, which is unfortunate because, you know, they're like my golden couple. And they're a prime example of what is great about this show is that the prisoner ends up getting out of jail. And we find out that the person who was on the other side is the actual one who needs help. Um, So they're in the car after, you know... After he, after Heather like flips her shit because Aunt Diane dared to have a conversation with Dylan rather than them, you know, um, having sex in her spare bedroom that she's lending them. We've had three episodes of them. He's only three hours out of jail. This is how much content that we're getting out of this couple. (laughs) Heather in particular. Dylan again. My respectful biracial queen. He is basically like, 
I don't understand what's happening here. I don't understand. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit overwhelmed. And it's like, I understand that she wants to be with me and have private time with me because she's put in all this time, five years of me being in jail. And, you know, I get it. But she's wilding the fuck out over me having a conversation with her 90-year-old aunt on an oxygen tank. How is she going to react when I go to the gym and I have a conversation with a woman? Or if there's a male lady outside? How is that going to go? And we know how that's going to go, man. Not well, bitch. He, speaking of Aunt Diane, she calls while they're in the car. They're going... I don't know, I'm assuming to like a Hampton Inn or something so she can finally bust the nut. And Aunt Diane says, hey, your parole officer's here. Thank God they didn't get too far. They're about 20 minutes from the house. And obviously they have to turn around because if the parole officer leaves before he gets back, he gets a warrant out for his arrest. So... Rather than being like, oh my God, we need to rush and get back, Heather's response is, ugh, here's another thing. See, you see what I mean now? How people just want to take time away from us? She is, this man is on parole. He doesn't give a fuck that you haven't had an orgasm yet. He does not care. He's doing his job, lady. And you guys both should have expected that on his first day out that the parole officer was going to show up, right? Like, I know nothing about the system, but I have to imagine they're probably not just giving you, um, you know, 72 hours, take the weekend and I'll check in with you later. Like, don't worry about it, bro. I'll, I'll catch you next week. More than likely, they're seeing you within the first 24 to 36 hours to make sure that you haven't run off somewhere to make sure that, you know, like, right? Doesn't this make all the sense in the world to everybody else? She starts flicking Dylan off because they have to go back. And then she starts speeding and Dylan's like, can you slow down? No, really, can you, can you slow down? And last we hear, there's like a long honk of like a, like a 12, you know, 12 wheel 14-wheeler, there we go, 14-wheeler truck, and who knows what happens after that. So let's move on to eh, Lindsay and Scott. So we're, what, three days out of her being in jail, and she has the ankle monitor on, but the ankle monitor, I guess she doesn't get service, or it doesn't register when she's inside the house, so they have to call her the people at the halfway house so she can she has to do circles in the front yard so they can register that she's there to be able to track her and once they do that she's okay she's good to go back in the house I never really considered like the logistics of an ankle monitor so she says that you know the battery goes low and she has to charge that shit two to four hours a day it has just like a very loose light mag magnet on it so if she moves at all it pops off so she literally has to sit there on the floor by the outlet so she can charge her ankle so another thing is she can't submerge the ankle monitor in water now I'm wondering if that means like it can't get wet at all like she has to put some sort of 
towel or or plastic bag over it when she takes a shower or if it just lit like it can't be submerged like she can't go to the pool or something if she had a pool in the backyard um so she goes to take a bath things have really cooled calmed down since she got to see her daughter she's chilled out a bit i mean there's literally nothing she can do about living in a nasty house with two big dogs that has no you know thoughts and prayers on whether or not there's a vacuum in that house um she decides to take a bath but she has to keep her left ankle above water (laughs) so it doesn't go off she um not sean scott brings her a cup of wine and she's feeling loose she's feeling sexy she's in the bath like mariah carey on that cribs episode and is like sean why haven't we had sex sean scott Scott, why haven't we had sex? And Scott, who's been saying this whole time, like, I can't wait to get my dick wet. I can't wait to have sex with her. Basically only in it to be having sex with this, like, thin, pretty white woman. Um, He now is playing very coy. And he's like, you know, I just didn't want you to feel pressured. And I just didn't, you know, I wanted to be a gentleman. No, you didn't. (laughs) You absolutely did not. But... She's like, well, get in this tub with me. And he's like, great. She says that he has a great body. And you know what? I'm not going to take that away from her. He, I guess, played uh, soccer in college. And I just want her to know that probably he has not been in college since she's been alive. But okay, if that's what you want to take from that. Not exactly a David Beckham situation. But sure, I mean, he's not fat and that's really all her requirement is. So as soon as he gets in the tub, her ankle monitor goes off, not because it was submerged, but because the battery is low. So then they go sit in their towels next to the outlet. And she's like, you know what? I can sit here and you can put it in me and we can have sex here. Okay. Okay. So they have sex. The most romantic place on a stained carpet next to the wall. You know, the dog scratching at the door trying to get in. So the next day she's like, you know what? I was expecting a little bit more romance and a little less carpet, a little less floor, but we did it. She doesn't really say it was good or bad, but she does say, you know, I haven't had sex in four years. Well, She said, I haven't had sex with a man in four years. I hope we all heard that distinction. Okay. I haven't had sex with a man in four years. And it's basically like not having sex at all. Ouch. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Ouch. Um, so, you know, okay, that's gross. (laughs) Scott's in bed the next day. It's like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. And she's like, why are you sitting here in bed? She's tooling around having coffee. He goes up and picks up what he calls a collage binder. It's a notebook. Have you ever heard of a notebook, sir? It's just a notebook. Um, and he, one of a paper that she had written on slips out. He reads that paper and he's like, Lindsay, come here. So she's like, what's up? He's like, well, I need you to explain this paper. Lindsay's explanation for this is, you know, I don't have Twitter or Instagram at in prison. So if I'm reading a book and I find a funny quote, then I'll write it down. Here's the beginning of said funny quote. Not going to read the whole thing, but. You'll get it. So it starts off by saying, he's an egomaniac. I'm used to his type. I can play the game with the best of them. I can bolster said ego and pretend to have ev- pretend to love every single word he says. So boring, but all part of the plan. Get out, get the car, a really nice new wardrobe, and then I get him to open me a banking account. Hack into his business account and poke a tiny pinhole so he doesn't even notice the additional slow drip of a few hundred or so trickling into my pocket each month. It goes on basically saying, like, I'm going to get a ring. I'm going to sell the ring and use that to start my new life. And then it's on to the next. So Scott has questions. And she's like, I don't understand. This is just like something funny that I read in a book. It was a great book. Why don't you get what I'm trying to say? Like, this has nothing to do with you. And he's like, you know what? You're diabolical. This is a really good plan and a plan that you're not going to get away with. So she walks up saying, I'm leaving. And yeah, we'll see. Do I think that this was something that she wrote? Possibly. I mean, she is a college educated woman. The phrase bolster said ego is not completely out of the realm of possibility for her to say or write. I did try to, you know, I didn't write the whole blurb, but I did write several sentences and nothing came up in a Google search except for um, a, a lot of search results for narcissistic behavior. 
<laughs> so if anybody else was able to find that book quote, holler at your girl. Um, let's move on to Sean and Destiny. Destiny, my chaotic queen. A true whirling dervish of just like poor choices. Um, you know, it's like a pinball machine if I'm going to do what I want. Fuck you guys. I'm leaving if I don't like the situation. Let's get into it. So it's a week until court. We left them off where uh, Sean was getting off of work and hoping that Destiny was still at the house. Turns out she was. She had had several um, mini candles surrounded around the hot tub and a bottle of Corbell. And she's like, you know what? I'm just trying to unwind. You don't have to worry about it. I'm still here, honey. And he starts apologizing and, you know, for talking to his baby mama. And he's like, you know, if you never want me to speak to her again, if you only want us to talk, you know, to keep it to the children, then I can do that. I'm so very sorry. I'll do anything for you because I love you so much. And she's almost like, you know, I can't, I don't care that you talk to her. Like y'all have 75 children. It's a little bit unreasonable to me expect you not to talk to her, but you basically have a relationship with this chick and I'm not into it. Okay. Fair destiny. That's fair. Y'all don't need to be talking about me. Y'all don't need to be kiki and LOL and fair. And that's about where I'm going to leave her with fairness. So she also says, oh, okay, another fair thing. She's like, you know what? I just feel like you're lying to me and I don't care how bad it is, how bad the situation is. I just want you to be honest because whatever is in the dark will come to the light. Okay, Sean. Okay. He takes off her, you know, red bra and panty set, takes off his uh, boxers and they, um, you know, have a drone shot of them fucking in the hot tub next to a the pool that is so green and mildewy at the bottom i think both of them must think that this is some sort of like cool lighting that's happening but you know be warned destiny i know you've got a lot of tattoos some of them look fresh i just would you know put some cleaner or whatever chemicals need to happen in that pool before you get in that's all i'm saying so then they have to go the next day to California for her court appearance. The day has finally come. She tells us this court appearance is a pending charge from an escape charge. She had gotten an ankle monitor and was on parole. As soon as she left the court, she cut the ankle monitor off and mailed it back to the courts. She could get between one and two years of jail for this state prison. And she says, you know what? Every time I go to court, I end up back in jail. So things are looking good for our destiny. Her sister calls him on the way to the hotel and is like, I just think we should have a girl's night. Give me the address, drop the pin so I can come pick you up and we can have some drinks or whatever. And Sean is like... I'm so close to ensuring that I don't have to pay this $50,000 because you bailed out of going to court. Like, 
I just give me 12 hours. And she makes a big fuss about this is my family. How dare you try to keep me from my family? All you care about is this $50,000. You don't care about me. She's acting like they're about to have like, you know, family night playing Yahtzee and Scrabble and not she and her sister going out for two for one frozen drink specials. Like, honey. On the way, Destiny's like, damn, like, now that I'm a Vegas girl, I wish I could just go to the casino. There aren't any casinos around here. And Brittany's like, oh, there actually is a casino in Chico. She's like, oh, let's go. We're going to get on and popping. She says she, Sean gives her five to $600 a day for the casino. How does this man have that kind of money to just be blowing with no return whatsoever. She says the producers ask her what would happen if she won a million dollars. She's like, I'm going to go to the strip club and get me a bad bitch while Sean's at work. Just kidding. But also just kidding on that. I absolutely would do that. <laughs> Destiny is a mess. She's a hot, hot mess. She then says, you know, I know I have court tomorrow and there's $50,000 on the line, but fuck Sean. I just want to kick back and have a good time. She and her sister order on Sean's credit card, of course, um, double of a drink called an adios motherfucker, which I Googled and it is vodka, rum, tequila, gin, blue curacao, lemon juice, simple syrup, and lemon lime soda. Vodka, rum, tequila, gin, curacao, and then we get to the non-alcoholic parts, which is lemon juice, simple syrup, and lemon lime soda. Does that not sound like diabetes in a cup? So sick. She's going to be so hungover tomorrow from all that sugar. Yuck. Yuck. She drinks to get fucked up. And she finds the most, like, trash drink with as many house liquors as she can get. Girl. (laughs) It ain't worth it, girl. Sean starts hitting her up, calling, texting. And they're like, you know what? Fuck him. Let's have some tequila shots while we down these um, double adios motherfuckers. Brittany... Ever the good influence says, you know what? Tomorrow's tomorrow and today's today and you can worry about going to court when you wake up in the morning. Okay. Sean is rightfully like, you know what? I kind of feel like Brittany would be a good influence, but also she's not the one who has $50,000 on the line. So, I'm fucked, basically. Destiny starts talking to Brittany about how conflicted she is to remain being in a relationship with Sean. She's like, you know what? I'm really grateful that he put up all this money, but also am I putting all my jewels in a pig pen with him? (laughs) And she's, you know, it's almost kind of like, she's like, you know, whenever anything goes wrong, I run and it's, and I've heard this before. She says, I, um, you know, like being in jail and being in prison is less responsibility than being beholden to some guy 
and beholden to some relationships, like it's almost easier for me to just be in jail than to deal with all the pressures of being outside and all the responsibilities of, you know, people taking care of me. And I get it. So we see Sean shirtless, sitting on the edge of the bed. It's 1.15, 1.16 in the morning. She's still not back. He can't get a hold of her because he's not answering her phone. And he's fucking worried. And I get it. I really, really get it. Let's end with John and Christiana. A breakout for me in the very beginning of first episodes. I was loving this man with his wedding chapel truck. This man is a certified grade A, top of the line, dumbass. He's so fucking selfish. He just does, like, he has the mentality and the mental capacity of, like, a teenage boy who thinks he's getting away with everything, but he's truly getting away with nothing. So, last we saw them, John's dumbass got Christiana in trouble because they were trying to scam the system by... You know, her having to apply for jobs. So he was like, oh, why don't you apply to jobs that we can like hang out and kick it for a while and you can fill out an application. We could also get some tuna melts while we wait and have, you know, have a little time to ourselves. Of course, the minute they do that, not 30 seconds into them sitting down, they're not even able to order drinks. One of the ladies at the halfway house catches them and is like, Christiana, get your ass back to the house it's a wrap it's a wrap for you and so now they have not been able to see any each other since he got taken off of her visitors list and the only way they can communicate is via the telephone so she calls him and i hope everybody noticed that he has her listed under bonnie as in bonnie and clyde (sighs) why he keeps looking to her as if they're both two outlaws with, you know, it's like us against the world sort of thing. John, you are every decision that you make is bringing her closer and closer back to jail. Why don't you see that, John? Why don't you see it? So she's like, John, baby, like, I'm so worried. I have a sister and my mom, my sister Tara's supposed to be taking care of my mom who's like in really bad health but she can't really take care of her because she's in an abusive relationship and she's also you know an addict and is actively using at this point and I'm just so stressed out my mom's crying because she's not getting her proper care and she's also so worried about Tara and could they move in with you Mm. Mm. now let's just set the scene because John is at home on this phone call, right? Sitting on the bed. The walls look makeshift. They look like pallets of um, wood and wood-grained style making the walls. He has a fuse box above his headboard. On his bedside table is four cans of Empty cans of squirt. I don't think I've ever had squirt in my life. Is it like lemon lime, I assume? I don't even know where people get squirt. Dubuque, Iowa, I guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, it was still in production. Who Who's responsible for a squirt? Is that a Pepsi or a Coke? Lord. I mean, could you imagine fucking a guy who loves squirt so much that he drinks multiple cans and just leaves them on his bedside table? This man is 46 years old. Four cans of empty squirt on his bedside table. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? <sighs> Jesus. There's a dog. God help that dog. The dog. Dog head on a sweater vest with the skull and crossbones on the back. <laughs> it's like a Pomeranian. <laughs> oh my god. So John is like, you know what? I really value my Native American heritage and background. And that involves taking care of the women and your family. And that includes my wife's family. So... Even though I'm an addict myself, a recovering addict, I think that this is going to be a good idea. Despite the fact that I've only met her mother once and I've only spoken to her sister about 20 minutes on the phone. Seems like a good idea. I'm going to do it. So he and Cordell, his son, and it just cracks me up that he named his son Cordell. (laughs) This poor little white kid, he looks like such a hippie, named Cordell. He, they go to the shop, his friend Carrie's shop, to go figure out what's wrong with his truck. Probably the strain of putting a a wedding chapel on the bed. But he tells Carrie and Cordell, like, hey, um, they're, like, trying to figure out what's going on with Christiana. Christiana did get a job working at a car wash, but they're, like, well, doesn't she have to pay to live at that halfway house? And he's like, yeah, it's about $100 a week. She can't afford that on, um, you know, the pay that she makes from working at the car wash. So what I've done is I've set up a system in which I um, put a 20 in a plastic bag and then put that in an envelope and I leave it somewhere. I found a hiding spot that's on the way to the car wash. So every now and again, I'll just leave a 20 and I won't put her name on it. And so if she happens to find $20 laying around, then she can take it. You know, that's it's free to take because who knows where she got it from, you know? <laughs> and this is a, like, again, like 16, 15 year old hairbrain scheme. Carrie, his friend is like, don't you think it's probably a bad idea to leave cash somewhere for your um, wife who is an addict? Don't you think it's probably a bad idea for her to just have cash on hand? And it's just coming from wherever in the sky. And she doesn't have to tell anybody where it's coming from. And, you know. Do you ever wonder if maybe she thinks on the way to the car wash that uh, maybe she'll just get some drugs instead? He's like, oh, huh, I never even thought about that. Again, this man is 46 years old. He's a 46-year-old who's also a recovering addict, who was also uh, formerly incarcerated, These are things that maybe a 46-year-old who has never dealt with these sort of things could under, could like, you know, not think of. 
but he's got all, all the history in the world. My God, my God. So then he's like, oh, by the way, um, you know, I think I'm going to be moving her family into the house. And they're like, okay, the sister who's an addict. And he's like, well, yeah, but she hasn't used in a couple days, I think. <laughs> Cordell, who's maybe like 17 or 18, is like, I understand that this is your wife and you love her and it's her family and you feel a certain responsibility, but don't, like, do they have anywhere else that they can go? Have you considered this? Is there any chance in the world that maybe they just really need a place to stay? And they're taking advantage of you? And he's like, huh. Well, maybe. <laughs> and that's where we leave off for this episode of Love After Lockup. I mean, y'all. <laughs> what the hell? What the hell? All right. Let's move on to the rest of the episode. Don't judge me by what I do. In fact, just don't judge me at all. Cheers to bad choices, then making better ones. Those who live in small houses should definitely throw stones. Life is full of beautiful curves. New hip! And so am I. I earn my money the old-fashioned way, marrying it, then making more. I've closed the old bedoor and opened a new one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another recap in the Housewives universe. Yes, I am going to be talking about just the first episode of Real Housewives of Orange County. Join with me is co-host of the Imperfect Strangers podcast and real world alum, Melissa Beck. Hi, Melissa. Hello, Kara. How are you doing? Oh, I'm good. Very good. I guess my first question to you is like, how annoying is it to talk about real world at this point? So let's see. I was on the show 20 years ago. And in yeah. terms of like, skin elasticity and personal growth a lot has changed so <laughs> I wouldn't call it necessarily annoying because I've figured out ways to navigate around it which is to just stay in my house but um I think that I think that the thing about my appearance on real world and like sort of like vintage real world is that people are very attached to that time frame of the show when it felt sort of um you know, on the precipice of a pop cultural shift. It was like a really big deal back then. Yeah. Um, when it was, you know, before they plied you with alcohol, it was like a real show of seven people getting to know each other. So people are very attached to a super, even though it was the 2000s, it's kind of like a very 90s version. So, and I respect that and I understand that and people are attached to that and that's fine. But I, you know, in my day-to-day -day life, I really don't have to deal with it. But I also, you know, don't leave the house thanks to, that and coronavirus so it's right it's fine for me <laughs> so you were on like real world new orleans and i swear to you like if i had to like 
talk about my journey to getting here and being like this big pop culture head and having a podcast all about pop culture, New Orleans would be on that map 100%. But I also have to recognize that like clearly the real the reality TV that you did is so different from what's happening now. It's like night and day. Like could do you think that you could even would you even think about doing reality at this point? Um it's a completely different and that's the thing they call it the genre itself reality TV, but even within the genre there are so many different offshoots and kinds. So like, I think what I was doing back then, even though it was, you know, packaged in a sort of crib style, uh, saved by the bell, you know, just graphics wise, it was sort of this nineties, <laughs> you know, not that cool <laughs> look with all that Ikea bedding in the background and the lights and the whatever, it still was a documentary. It yeah. still was, you know, leaning towards these are seven people who have truly never met and we're going to delve into their lives. Granted, even though we were filmed 18 to 24 hours a day, once you splice that up across 22 episodes and, you know, give each person some time, you're really getting the tiniest snippet of their life. Um, right. And, and it's the tiniest snippet of their life sort of manipulated by six other opinions and whatever the producers say. So sure. reality TV now, though is which we'll get into because we we're talking about housewives going into this 15th season i i stopped watching it a long time ago mm. but when i first started watching real housewives of oc it almost had an, a documentary feeling yeah um but now it's just you know let's find these very specific personalities and force friendships and so that has changed and i can't see myself doing that i mean unless you want to cut a check <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> I'm positive somebody would cut you check, and they should just for just for existing in this oh, world. I, oh, thank you. <laughs> Pay me, yeah, that would be good. Um, you're also the subject of one of the greatest songs of all time, "Come on, Be My Baby Tonight." Does that send chills up your spine, or how do you feel about that now? Oh my God, I don't think I'm the subject of. Wow, I've never heard that. Imagine we can create our whole <laughs> own Reddit theory on who is the subject of "Come On, Be My Baby Tonight." I, heard I don't you were. I what? Heard yes. <laughs> uh, really? Wait a second. <laughs> that because that's gonna change everything. <laughs> Did I just? Because when I tell world? you, yes. Because when I tell you that, you know, although I've I have a weird interpersonal dynamic and relationship in my mind with having been on the real world and it you know it's a weird thing that I I, I deal with um, the one thing that's a mainstay that is a positive that no one can take away from me is that that iconic song came from my season and nobody can say that like that shit <laughs> is one of the best things that have, that has ever happened, not just on reality TV, on television in general. I mean, oh, y'all want to talk about you saw somebody land on a moon? No. Right. <laughs> I was there when Come On Be My Baby Tonight was produced and edited and there was a video. Okay. Right. So, I mean, in that sense, I'm going to go ahead and say just on the strength of being in the room when the decisions were made, I'm an icon. Um <laughs> <laughs> but I have never heard that I was the subject. Was I the su no? 
Well, this is what I heard, girl. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I mean, it is, it's the best song ever. I haven't spoken to him in years. And if you find out, you call me right back because <laughs> I'm already my babies and nights. <laughs> I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving. It never, I, I don't ever get sick of it. It comes floating down my timeline on Twitter. I'm going to say every two months or so. And yeah. I'm revitalized. It is amazing. And it's I don't fun. think that he's given enough credit. Somebody ought to cut him a check. I agree. To me, it's like the man in the mirror of the reality song world. Like, nothing can top it. Nothing. It's like, you know, in a place on its own. But, okay, I'm going to get to the bottom of whether or not, where I found this out that you were the subject of the song, and I'm going to get back to you, for sure. Okay, yeah, wow. So so let's talk about Orange County. What is your relationship to the Housewives? I know you're kind of like mentioned i think on an instagram live on your podcast called imperfect strangers um that you kind of like dip in and out it's not like a mainstay for you where were you where did you last leave off on orange county because you emailed me and were like what happened to shannon is she still with that man and i have some news for you yeah listen i just watched this first a lot has changed first of all the entire cast and so when i came when i did my homework for you and i watched this um first season i think a first episode of the 15th season i think it said season 15 which is bananas right when i tell you i watched oc back when gina keogh was still breaking up with her husband right i watched oc back when joe the brown lady Right, was still slaying. Didn't she have a song too? She, I, I think she did. I think this was like in between her. I don't think it really went anywhere. It's not. She's not like a Luann from New York. No, but she had a song post Slade. I do remember that. I think she did. I think you're right about that. I mean, it, let's listen. We don't even know the name of the song. It's not coming from right. baby levels, so we does <laughs> it doesn't really warrant conversation. But like, right. that's how long ago I watched the show. I watched the show. I'm gonna say it was weird watching this season without Vicky because Vicky was yeah. the show. Vicky yeah. is the show. Without yeah. Vicky, what are we really even doing? And then the fact that Shannon has is now the Vicky when Shannon right. before was the noob exactly it, it's it's she's really like they talk about ogs and there really is no og of orange county because every woman that was on the first season is gone and she's the most senior cast member of the show and it's weird it's weird it girl it's so weird because you can't you can't take a noob and make them the star that'd be like if you brought in the quietest road ruler right. and was like, let's move them into the real world house, we'd be like, who's that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let me give you the tea on what's happening with Shannon and her ex-husband, now ex-husband. David is out here in these streets acting a fucking fool. He has grown his hair out. He has impregnated a 36-year-old woman. He announced that he got married the day of the premiere. He has um, taken nude pictures with this woman in, like, the fields of Italy. And he's really just... 
I mean, there are no words. Like, hold on, yeah. In the interest of making sure that your sound doesn't bounce out and I don't press wrong things, I got to hand write this down in a notebook because I got to get back to Google after we hang up. You said he's (laughs) nude in a field with a 36 year old random. Well, now his wife, now his pregnant wife. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Google it. Wait, we're starting new relationships during a coronavirus plague? They've been together since before. There's a questionable timeline as to when these people got together and when Shannon and David got divorced. I think there may have been a little bit of an overlap. So I think they've been together since like 2018, maybe. Wow, because I I I wasn't I was still in and out of OC when Shannon came. I specifically remember a thing about lemons, and I was like, oh, she's gonna be a yeah. it. I specifically right. remember um, she was super into all naturals and vitamins, and I do recall that David was never really that nice. I was like, oh, this lady's yeah. relationship is going to implode on national television, and she doesn't even know it. Absolutely. He was like, I'm going to let you be on the show and I'm going to get out of here. It's a classic case of a reality TV divorce. Right. Which is another reason why, as a grown ass lady, minding your own business, you should not go on no reality right. show. <laughs> right. Yeah, you might not <laughs> want to go down that path. Oh, gosh. So, gosh, who else is on the show? Okay. So, there's been a lot of controversy as in the pop culture social media account slash podcaster world about whether or not people should even be talking about this season. This is the only episode that I'm going to be talking about. Mostly this is because of Kelly, who is now married to a Fox News correspondent named Rick Leventhal. And she has been COVID denying, problematic, racist at times and people don't want to give her any more credit they don't want to give the show ratings they want her off the show she continues a cycle of like kind of apologizing but then also doubling down on whatever she did Um, okay see now you're now you're giving me context that i understand because i watched the first episode and then i stayed for shannon's appearance on watch what happens live and mm-hmm. Andy had asked her, who do you think is least likely to follow a COVID protocol? And she said, Kelly. Yes. And that makes so much sense. Yeah, because her husband, her now husband, they just got married last weekend. Uh, he lives in New York. And so she had been traveling a lot over the, the you know, this whole time talking about how the pandemic's not really that big a deal and it's God's way of thinning the herd and Mm. um, just a lot of things, a lot of things like that. Um, I mean, I saw her on the Ferris wheel. Yeah. Is this the man? (laughs) This is the man? Yes. Yeah. And this filming took place during COVID, yes? This, yeah, I mean, I think, I feel like California, like we're both in New York and I feel like California was a little bit lax before like we were in a crackdown and they were still like living their best lives. So I think yeah, that- because I thought the I thought the the boyfriend while they were filming I was like, wow, he's weirdly comfortable around the cameras. Usually, you know, when they bring a little boyfriend around, there's weird, like yeah. obvious awkwardness. Yeah. 
no, this one was going with the flow and everything. I was like, whoa, okay. So he's, okay. This is all making very much sense. Yeah. So, so I'm just telling you guys, I, you know, I've had conversations with other black podcasters and our thoughts are kind of like, well, it's Orange County. You knew what these people, these, what these women were. We all know that these women, except for one, are Trump supporters. They've been this way the whole time. Do we still talk about it or do we not? I am not going to talk about it beyond this episode, but I think it's just funny to roast them, which is what I'm going to be doing. Correct. Hold on. Which one is not a Trump supporter? Um, Bronwyn. The alcoholic. Yes. Damn. Oh, that's the one we got. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. She's got a whole backstory herself. Her mom looks a lot like um, who's the the fashion lady who does cartwheels down the runway, and she's got dreads. Oh my god! Because I was like, why does Betsy Johnson hang out with this lady when I saw a preview? Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's not Betsy Johnson. That is her mother. <laughs> Because I was like, Andy need to start putting um, little Chirons on the screen. Because the whole time I needed I needed names because I was just, who, which one's Elizabeth? Which one's Jolie? Jolie is the daughter. I mean, I had paper and pencil. I was like, Travis, Travis, Travis gay? Oh, no, Travis is a boyfriend. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yeah, so I was taking notes and I remember writing down BJ, question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that is her mom. Her mom is a doctor slash gaslighter she's a horrible woman and a doctor of what medicine i think (laughs) 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 i don't don't know i don't know if this is like holistic medicine or something but she is a doctor her name is dr deb wow yeah yeah oh and she goes into practice with all them accessories on okay i think so (laughs) I don't know what the health protocols are, if you have to put on, like, a a hair wrap or something, but, yeah, apparently she's a doctor. Well, you know, we never trust anybody with white dreadlocks, so. uh. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so let's start off. They're trying to do this, like, they're, I think, production, because this season was supposed to start on the 7th, so they're a week behind. They delayed it, and I think production knows that they're going to have to throw everything at the wall to get people to continue to watch. So they start this episode with like, kind of like a desperate housewives voiceover, which was voiced over by Gina Keogh for some reason. Cause she hasn't mm. been on the show in years. Years. Like her daughter's having, she's a grandmother. Yeah. She's a grown ass woman. All her kids are grown. It, it's, it's very strange. Gina's a whole thing, but she, there's a whole like retrospective and a future thing. We see past housewives. We see wine being thrown. We see Vicky screaming at everybody, even though she's no longer on the show. I don't, they've never done this before. I don't know her. I don't know what's happening, but that was the beginning. We start off with Shannon, who I guess is now the queen of Orange County. She's with her boyfriend, John, who to me looks like, a hot version Bro. of Butthead. Bro, thank. <laughs> I wrote this in my notebook. I said, "Hold on." So Shannon is now dating the upside down version of her ex. Yeah, basically. 
So she just Brady bunched her way into a new relationship. Yeah, yeah. And they've been together. Eight, listen, I listen uh, to Kara's white listeners. I'm sorry. I just have a question here. <laughs> she said eight months they've been together. This mm-hmm. is being filmed during the coronavirus. And y'all mm-hmm. got all them kids. You just household mixing like a motherfucker. You got all them kids together. Yeah. Huh. And, and guess who got who, guess who got COVID? Shannon and all her daughters. So I, I saw her with her little breathing apparatus. And she uh-huh. Shannon said she had migraines. The other daughter said she the other one said she can't taste or smell. And I'm like, and y'all are all kicking it in this same ass house. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't see not nan window open. I didn't see a mask. <laughs> I didn't see a door cracked. Uh, I didn't see hand sanitizer. Like they're doing they're just out in these streets. Well, wow. and Shannon is not young. No, no, she's knocking wow. on 60. So. so, well, you know what? Listen, I'm happy that she found someone that's at least nice to her because she, yeah. did, she does deserve that. But in a pandemic, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a look. I mean, she lost all that weight from her divorce, depression body. She's looking hot. She's. Got a, you know, good looking for Orange County, man. Not my type, but, you know, whatever. And she said, don't they all have that look? They all have that $65 designer t-shirt, salt and pepper gray, Saturday morning at Supercuts haircut. They all have that look. And they're like, this is my man, baby. Right. (laughs) (laughs) How can you tell the difference? Do you have tags on them? Like, how do you know? How do you love those chino shorts to the knee? Right. <laughs> oh, the whole thing of it. They love that 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 you know the man there. They wear that flip flop with the extra wedge on it. Like, right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you're absolutely absolutely right. Oh my god. Speaking of, we'll just get to Kelly and her man who you know looks exactly like Shannon's dude. Okay, hold on, Kelly. Yeah. Okay, Kelly is the Fox News. Racist yeah. COVID denier. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> she was a noob too, though, right? She has been on the show. I think this might be her fourth season. Okay. But she came out the gates like a bat out of hell, calling people. She called Shannon a cunt. She really went in on Shannon a lot her first season. They've had a lot of tr- issues with each other. We'll say that. Okay, so for this episode where um, the drunk lady, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, let me give her her name since she doesn't support Trump, where Bronwyn yes. shows up at the door and they got the same yellow leopard outfit on. Uh-huh. Okay, so Bronwyn shows up the, at the door and she has invited Kelly, the Fox News interloper, into the kitchen and then says Shannon is on her way. Yes. And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking... Kara, what do Kara got me watching? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But then I thought about it and I was like, is this not the entire crux of the entire franchise? The crux of the show is to have white women be in forced relationships where they fight and then make up, fight and then make up, fight and then make up. And I'm thinking to myself, because I didn't get the Uno joke. I didn't get it because I I don't have the backstory. Mm Mm-hmm. But I was like, that's all it takes right. is a $4 pack of Uno cards. And it's okay that you didn't call me out my name for however many seasons. Right. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's what a tackle do to you, I guess. A six-figure tackle. Know, listen, Andy Cohen, if you listening, girl, people right. start talking about checks. I'll be friends with any old white lady under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So they, she is, Kelly's very horny for this dude. Whatever. They're out on the pier with Jolie, who is this like beautiful 13 year old girl. It's so unfair that kids these days get to look like that. I mean, where is puberty happening? I don't know. When they said 13, I was very confused until I saw her braces because I was like, hold up, who, who's this? Right. I was like, why'd they bring this other lady with them? Right. (laughs) Side chick or what's happening? (laughs) I love Jolie. The good thing about these women is that all of their kids seem to have sense about them. And I don't know where it's coming from, but they have it. Her, her father is like the inventor of leapfrog, those children's educational tools. What? Yeah. Yeah. They got money, big time. Um, oh, well, isn't that ironic? Right. You were married to the man that invented educational tools. Yeah. And you yeah. out here acting stupid. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so what was so funny to me is Kelly was like, oh, I go to my psychic and she told me that I would find a man and he would give me a 10 carat diamond ring and Jolie was like yeah that's just living in Orange County did you need to go to the psychic to learn that like oh and I know her mama was mad about that because I right. howled <laughs> <laughs> Jolie really gives it to her mom every time and it kills me it really kills me there's also a thing that's happening now there's a lot of drama sort of like a claudia's and kellyanne conway sort of thing because rick has older daughters one of which is black who (laughs) thank you (laughs) one of his daughters appears to be black or afro-latina she's definitely yeah okay (laughs) that's what i said (laughs) So then he didn't get the Bill Burr treatment, I see. I hmm. guess not. <laughs> so they are now, since they got married, both of his daughters have been roasting Kelly to hell, talking about how she's a demon, like out on social media, talking about how much they hate her and how she's a terrible woman. And I'm living for every single moment of it. They hate her and they well, and that- have no problem saying it. That's wonderful. And that that brings us to our next layer of why reality TV will continue to morph and change is because the perspectives and the, 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 you know, basically the after party happens on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Where before, you know, the producers and the people that made the show kind of controlled the narrative at all times. And mm-hmm. you got what you got and you, you know, you get what you get. You don't get upset. This is the show. This is what it is. And now they can have entire storylines fall apart with one little girl's TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It's the Kardashian effect. It's like you, now these women are celebrities in their own right. And so nothing, you see everything. Like editing doesn't matter because it's all going to come out on somebody's Instagram or on TMZ or something. 
Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel like if you're going to subject yourself to that, then you do warrant a six figure check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because we are going to be out here talking about your ass and your kids too. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> there. Okay. So let's move on to Gina. Gina is, she's been on the show. This might be her third season. Okay. Hold on. So let me get it straight. Gina is now poor. Yes. Gina. Yes. Okay. So Gina was married to someone. I don't, I haven't seen that person. That person nope. has problems of some yeah. kind. Nobody's seen him. He's never been on the show. Okay. He's ne- never filmed. They were married for one season. Last season was their like divorce, get back together. But now we're really getting a divorce. And now this is her like, oh, I found a new man. She last year was living in a casita, which is just like her friend's pool house in the back. It was sad. And and I was going to say, has that not also been a staple in these shows where one of the cast members is less well off than the rest of them? And yeah. it's Nini showing up and her, her beautiful, you know, uh, Laboutin heeled foot steps out of the Range Rover and goes, ooh, 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 shabby ghetto. ghetto. Uh, that's, <laughs> this was like the white lady version of it. That- <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Dana was like, "Ooh, this is what three three thousand square feet. How do you live like this, girl? She like, was like they- it's small. <laughs> <laughs> they cannot relate to this at all. At one point, a few seasons ago, when Shannon and David were divorcing, she was like, "He's only giving me ten thousand a month. Like, how am I supposed to live on that? Like, she has no concept of." How people live. <laughs> it's very interesting. He said only ten thousand. Yeah. And, and she was like, I'm going to be scraping by. Like, I don't know what this is meager, meager living. <laughs> so <laughs> Gina, G-I-N-A, that Gina, mm-hmm. Gina, because I saw her, she gave her the tour of the small place. It was like three bunk beds, three bunk beds. So some for boys, some for girls. How old mm-hmm. are these children? Um, her kids are young. I think her oldest is probably seven or eight. Okay. And are they on the show too? They are on the show. Yes. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So what happened, her thing is like her, they were living in Orange County, but her husband was quote unquote living in LA for work, but he was like, you know, cheating on her the entire time. And then she finally realized that he had been cheating on her. And so they broke up. And then they started fucking again. And then he put his hands on her. And so they had to break up again. Oh, and so he's never been on the show for that reason. Right. Well, how nice of him to have anonymity when he ain't shit. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. He's a mess. But she has found this nerdy man named Travis, who I guess is busting her down and making her real happy and travis has kids too because the other kids yes they're mixing their household in this tiny apartment so what i saw immediately is i was like travis is supposed to be this nerdy cute new jump off what i saw immediately i was like oh scammer scammer alert i see a scammer. right so i feel like i have to stay tuned to see how how much of us because ain't nobody nice for no ass reason while you're filming a tv show come on right driving her to her attorney 
and like trying to figure out a game plan between her and her ex-husband like what is and that? that right there well you know what that is that is the perfect target for a scammer because yeah. she's completely codependent <clears throat> yeah she's yep. she's integrated her children's lives with this rando man mm-hmm. and now she's filming a national television show with this man who you know he was groomed for filming honey i saw that beard combed i was like oh, okay so he's trying to get him he's trying to get himself a little spinoff okay right <laughs> it was very clear to me yeah and i ain't never seen the show he, he's ready this is the first we've seen and he's he's ready they've been together about five minutes so this whole like moving into a new house thing, like I have questions. I have a lot mm. of questions. He said, let's facilitate the filming of my life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gina's really pretty though. Like and she, she her her face changes so much with the way the different way she puts makeup on. It's crazy. Yeah. And you can tell her mental state and her emotional state by what's happening with her hair. This is the best hair we've seen in a long time. And I saw a chunk of uh, weave in there that was being held together by bobby pins. Oh, so, like at yoga class? Yeah, yeah. Girl, I was about to, because I, I, I jotted that down too. I was like, ma'am, <laughs> how you going to have the track clip be black and your hair is blonde? And then right. you put it up at the yoga class. You just not going to take all that shit out and put it in a tiny raggedy <laughs> bun. Hey, this is the best hair we've seen of her and that's really saying something this is miles and miles like it's been real bad real bad okay so let me jot down that because i'm gonna have to google yeah genus <laughs> hair options <laughs> it, it was so bad that she was her hairstylist was trending like do you hate her why are you dyeing her hair this color like what's happening <laughs> Oh, she's had like styles with a Z. Okay. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. And she really thought she was killing it. That's the sad part is that she was like, "Oh, I'm not here like a bad bitch," and we're like, "Oh no." Oh, like how Dorit be doing? She's thinking she's Dorit. Yeah. Okay. She is not. <laughs> we'll say that. Which is crazy because with that dimple, I think she's just is so naturally pretty. Girl, just be free. Just be natural and pretty. Uh mm-hmm. huh. And she's just like a sweet girl from Long Island. Over here. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so now I'm really going to get to dig in. Because that's where I am. Right. (laughs) Uh, Right. So we meet Kelly and Bronwyn go pick up the new housewife, Elizabeth. So I know just as much about her as you do. Okay. So she was married. She was white trash. She said so herself. That's what she said. Mm Mm-hmm. She was white trash married to a billionaire. Yes. And then they got her, a divorce. Yeah. Her story was wild. She described herself as trash can poor from the Ozarks. And then she like did some d- dinner theater thing in college and sang Hey Big Spender to this old man. And they just, he just whisked her off her feet and just gave her everything. And while I was jotting down notes, I was just like, white mediocrity is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a second, goddammit. You just gonna sing cabaret to a billionaire and have your life set up? That's how easy it is? Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Right. Like, she's talking about how she really, like, 
was like, you know what? I was poor and I made it work. I'm like, girl, you found an old man when you were 19. And, and the thing was about it, like, you know, this is a tale as old of time. We, we've seen it a million times. But Anna Nicole Smith was actually stunning. Oh, Anna yeah. Nicole Smith was actually charismatic. Like, mm-hmm. she's legendary in terms of, you know, swindling the old ass man and getting on. I'm looking right. at this Elizabeth lady like, where, <laughs> where's all those parts? Well, how did this right. happen? Right. <laughs> I mean, it was just like 19 and blonde and let's go. Like, she can't be that good of a singer. I don't want to hear it, but I know it can't be true. And so does she, and she has no kids. No kids. He didn't want to have kids with her, but then as soon as he divorced, he had kids with another woman. So. Well, technically, I mean, she that's where she fucked up. She <laughs> should have been poking holes in that condom and going ahead and... Um, <laughs> see, because he, what you did was you did not secure the bag. Right. Okay? <laughs> yeah. You get it, and then you secure it. And you hold <laughs> it down with babies. I mean, that's how many good. other housewives have we seen do this? almost all of them they're very talented and what have you i mean kim zosiak <laughs> said let me go on in and get this check right <laughs> right right but hopefully she got married in california because after 10 years you get half right oh i see because now the right to, I, this this is like the bad bitch handbook hold on right. <laughs> You get have. And she was married to him for 17 years. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I loved how she was talking strategy about how she had this digital music company and was like, I'm not selling it until we get divorced because then he gets half of it. Like, I'm not dumb. Yeah. And he <laughs> probably, you know, he probably, you know, funded that whole thing. Hell Yeah. So then my other thing was, I was like, so here she was in the car with her brother. And then with, I thought her hairdresser, but then it said friend at the bottom, you know, in Orange County where they have the, 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 the gay man who happens to have the same plastic surgery as all of the rest of them. You just assume that that's the hairdresser, but it's always the friend. Always just a friend. He looked like, you know, that guy who did all the surgeries to look like Ken, like a Ken doll. Yes. He was, he's on his way. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has the cash for it because I saw the Hermes belt buckle and I was like, oh, he's well on his way. Okay. Always with a labeled belt. Always with a chunky belt. I I don't know where they get this money from. It's, you know, the self-hatred. I have questions about that. Scamming (laughs) is lucrative. (laughs) Right. Because he said, let me get in this truck for the filming day. Um. Let's let's uh, go and look at this puppy rescue potential. And, uh, and here we are. Here we've arrived at chapter three of the evolution of a housewife. Right. Rich white ladies love to save a dog. I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> she had that husky in that Porsche, that drop top Porsche. Like, my life has been renewed. I've found a purpose and a meaning. And I'm going to spend my days having dogs uh, so then, I don't know. I know we're not talking about it, and I know we're not supposed to watch it. But when the episode comes that she invites all of the cast members to her dog rescue shindig, I'm going to expect yeah. a text from you because it's handbook. Yeah. It's it's you know this is <laughs> this is what they do. They've got the the scripts are already written. This is a season finale waiting to happen. 
the, the ribbon cutting of her dog rescue. And there's going to be a fight. Yeah. That's going to be the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> but the ratings so, are going to have been so low that they're going to have to actually choke a dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, my God. The, I mean, imagine being like, I'm ready for the second chapter of my life. I'm 40. And I just haven't been able to be myself. I'm like, yeah, but the person that you were was hopping from private jet to private jet. So, like, what's the problem? Girl, <laughs> that's when I, she was like, you know, I always just had to be arm candy uh, wife of. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm looking around like, was there a problem? Right. <laughs> so you didn't have kids and you just were asked to lay around. Okay. Right. Have you seen that video that's been going viral of this woman stepping out of like some fancy $200,000 car and the guy's like, can I ask what you do? She's like, what do you mean? I'm married. She's like, yeah. had no concept of like. She said, I'm she really was confused. I'm right. married. But that same guy recently um, finally caught a black lady coming out of Porsche or something. And she had a laundry list of things she had to do. She was like, I'm in finance. I'm a professor. I'm a, I was like, and everybody else was just like, uh. Right. Uh. <laughs> I have a husband. So can I get my nails done now? And the thing um, was, the lady that jumped out of the car and said, I'm married. I looked at her too and was like, we, uh, we, right. wow. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I expect you to look like Angelina. If you just want to be getting a check just because you have to look like a certain kind of white lady. Yeah. And that's just not happening. And we're talking about regular motherfuckers who could be manning the cashier desk at CBS. Right. And they are billionaires. And I'm just like, where have I gone wrong? What right. is the problem? That woman looked like a Mary Kay salesman. Regular. Real regular, real regular. Like, do you have a brother-in-law that I can talk to? What's happening here? But let's let's move on to Emily. Emily, I think, is the most interesting housewife because Emily, Emily, Emily. broken hip. You, yes. No, it's broken hip. (laughs) (laughs) So that they're at their eleventh anniversary dinner. Her husband is very fascinating to me. He is one of the most hated house husbands of all time. Really? Yes. He's a strange dude. So he converted to Mormonism. Like in his adulthood, he doesn't drink. He he comes from a lot of money. He's short. He's looks like a turtle or a worm depending on the angle. <laughs> Um, he, his family are like lawyers and she's a lawyer and he proposed to Emily on Gchat and they've been married for 11 years now. So last season he was trying to, uh, you know, pass his bar. This was like the third attempt and spoiler alert, he did not pass. And because of it, he was, like, like, really mean to her and, like, didn't want to talk to her. So when she says, like, oh, I basically, she was blaming herself for their relationship when he was eight kinds of asshole to her. 
didn't want to talk to her. He would spend periods of time outside of the home, studying for the bar, like staying at hotels, mm. not helping her with the kids. But apparently she's the problem. So is the word on the street that he is repressing his homosexuality? Are we allowed to say that? Or I don't, I don't know if he's gay, but there's something going on there. There's I mean, I don't know. I, I, this is the first I'm hearing of this lady and this man. Yeah. I do know that whatever they ordered for dinner, that, that steak and them, them fries was looking real. The whole scene, I was like, get, get, cut back to those. Cut back to right. Those. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So I guess now that he's free, I guess he's given up on taking the bar 17 times and failing. And now he's ready to be a husband again. He doesn't even work. That's how much money his family oh. has. Yeah. Oh. Oh, so he's just an entitled, boring guy who yeah. being yeah. a dickhead is his personality. Exactly. Exactly. So um, how long has Emily been on the show? This... Same as Gina, I think this is her third season. Oh, because she seemed like a new person. Yeah, she she's not a good fit for the show. I don't think she's for reality TV. I don't think it's for her. Yeah, because I was the whole time I was like, "What? How it? How did she get a peach or you know whatever the thing is that they hold it? An orange?" <laughs> yeah, I I have no idea. I have no. Well, the first season. Kelly called Shane, her husband, a dork, and she told Kelly that she would kill her. And I think she's been coasting off that for the past two seasons. But the man is a dork. Yeah. He had on diesel jeans with the light washed thighs. Like, <laughs> right. And I was like, when was this filmed? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's a, he's uh, a real dork. So what's wrong with that? I love a dork. Give it to me. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I also saw, so then the whole, we got to all the way to this. So I got through the whole, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, girl, wait till I talk to Kara. She got me watching this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we finally get to the end where, where Emily and Bronwyn are having an on the couch heart to heart. And mm -hmm. we get to some meat and potatoes of the episode where Bronwyn says for the first time, that she's an alcoholic because you yeah. know throughout the show everybody's you know doing their little jabs as she drinks a lot you know every time i see her drinking as a personality she drinks a lot she drinks a lot she drinks a lot and i was like i haven't seen yet where the lady was drinking but then we get to that scene where she explains it yeah and i'm so, wondering like did i miss something because this is her second season and she did party too hard a couple times but not to the point where like they're talking about this like it's a thing and it wasn't a thing last season. Okay. So they're digging yeah. deep now to make a storyline. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. She does seem like an alcoholic. <laughs> right. But she, yeah, this wasn't, I don't recall this being that big of a deal last season. Well, what chapter are we on now? Chapter four and being a housewife. Somebody has to be, somebody has to have an addiction that is exposed yeah. throughout the course of the season. So right. I guess they picked hers because for sure all the rest of them are drinking too. Oh yeah. Because Absolutely. every, she, 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 and that she, did you see how she just has alcohol at the ready? It seemed like when they met at the door in the yellow leopard outfit, she, 
And then when she met the other girl at the door, there were shots involved. There was champagne. I was like, she just has these things on ice ready to go. Right. She had the 1942 just ready. Yeah, she definitely. And she has. The, and then I heard seven kids. Yeah. So her story is wild. Like I told you, she's got Betsy Johnson as a mother. Her husband likes to wear these like. Like they like to go to. He's the kind of guy who likes to go to Hawaii and get like you know, authentic Hawaiian jewelry that's, like, made out of wood and puka shells. Oh, no. They also live kind of a wild, if you want to call that lifestyle. I think she's bisexual, and so they swing. And there was a point where they had separated for quite some time because they've been together since college. And it really seems like he's kind of submissive Mm. he really seems to love her and she seems kind of indifferent (laughs) to the whole thing so Um, where do they get their cash from him he has a ton of money and i'm not sure where it's coming from basically like everybody every man in orange county it just seems like they just throw money at you if you're a white man So is this one of those things where later on we're going to find out everybody's actually broke like Jimbalino or? It seems like it could go that way. She has never really had to work since they've been together. He, I don't know where his money comes. I don't know what he does, but he, he's got coins. We'll say that. Why are Jimbalino and Shannon Bedorf fighting? (laughs) So... So she went on some other podcast with Tamara and they were talking about him because I think he had some financial issues and got sued and they were talking about him. So he sued them for simply saying anything at all about him. And then when Tamara and Kelly and Shannon got into some fight, uh, Kelly then reached out to Jim just to be petty Mm-hmm. But they were, like, in an active lawsuit with him, and so they got mad at her for even talking to him. So he got mad at them for talking about putting his name, you know, in their mouths, and then they got mad at her for talking to him. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Meanwhile, nobody should be talking to him because he left the show how long ago? Exactly. Alexis left the show. He was married to the to, to like the Christian bimbo. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Jesus drugs. Mm-hmm. And what does she do now? 
Um, she's got a new man. And she just took all her children. Yeah, and I think she's like part of that QAnon. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she's just, she's posing with her big ass tits with a big old AK forty seven talking about protecting children. <laughs> yeah, her and Gretchen and a couple of the other women are all like full QAnon. Gretchen too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like Wayfair selling children through their cabinets, that sort of thing. Oh my God! Where does yeah. Andy find these fucking <laughs> right. morons? Right, right. So wow, it, it's, it's a whole thing. Like basically, every former cast member of Orange County is now like full QAnon supporting Trump train. Keep America great. It's a whole mess. Wow. Where? Whatever happened with Slade? Is Slade and Gretchen Slade still a thing? Yeah, and they have a kid. Finally, she got a kid out of him. They have a daughter. Does he take care of the other ones? Remember those? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> of course not. Remember those? Um, and he tried to make Joe a stepmom, and Joe was like, I'm cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, I think they're very much chilling with their mom. Or moms. I don't know how many of them are of the same mother but yeah no he's he and Gretchen are like working on Gretchen's beauty empire or something she sells handbags um I thought it was makeup it, it's it's both it's both well how are you gonna do QAnon handbags right <laughs> <laughs> right you um, just severed your reach what are you doing right <laughs> Oh gosh. Um, so yeah, he's living off of Gretchen, basically. She's making the money and he's supporting her. Whatever happened to you know what you know where I got very confused? For a little while there, I thought Gina was Vicky's daughter and joined the show. Swear oh to God. no. <laughs> so I'm looking at the TV, I had to get my glasses. I was like, what? Because <laughs> yeah, I thought she was married to the military guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so she now lives in, I think, North Carolina with her husband and two sons. And they're like full, like keto people. She's lost a bunch of weight. And they like to do CrossFit together. And she seems very happy. Oh, so everybody just has their own little racket that they do. Okay. Right. Yeah. 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 They're like supplement people. Like, buy my. I know exactly. Mm -hmm. I know exactly. She's she she like has TED talks about being fit uh -huh. and eating right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. See, you don't you don't even need to watch the show, and you can hop right in. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I've got all their numbers. I understand exactly the directions mm -hmm. they're going. Wow. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So here's the explanation of the Uno cards is that Shannon, Tamara, and Vicky were called the Trace Amigas. And Kelly was making a joke since now Tamara and Vicky are off the show that she's just now the Una Amiga. I, I think that was the joke she was trying to make. But Kelly also oh. makes terrible jokes that don't really ever make sense. So who's to say? Oh, because then she pulled out her thing and was like, I got myself some too. I was like, what? Right. <laughs> right. It, you know. She says a lot of things, and most of them don't make sense. 
I mean, honestly, even without knowing that they're all make America great again, who would watch this? Yeah, that's a great point. Is, the whole is, show was kind of like, okay, I don't, when, when is this <laughs> stuff going to start happening? Exactly. Exactly. I have no idea. Um, but like I said, like the drama's off the page. So now Bronwyn and her husband are maybe getting a divorce, maybe not. One of her daughters posted on Instagram that was like, fuck you, mom. And posted a <gasps> selfie that was like, fuck you. And then she changed the caption, but everybody saw it. And so then Bronwyn had to like put out this press release about like my family's really going through it and like please respect our privacy I don't know what's happening listen it's a it's like a weird housewives curse mm-hmm. and you should have known that and, and that's why you shouldn't have had your kids on there remember that remember that remember that other housewife what the hell was her name I'm gonna say it was Lynn Lynn Curtin mm-hmm and her daughters wild the fuck out after being on that show. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. one does porno. Uh-huh. They both do. Both do? Yeah. <laughs> they both do. And remember, Lynn had come onto the show and she was into crystals and shit. Uh-huh. Crystals and, and she had those cuffs that she sold. Remember oh, my God. Lynn's cuffs. This, this, cuffs. this was the good old days. Yes. <laughs> She still sells them. And I think she sells bedding now, too. Oh, my God. How? Where'd she go? She's divorced. Um, I'm assuming she's living in a condo somewhere. Uh, you know, because they got evicted on the show. Wow. Uh, one of the girls is in and out of jail. But I think she got a check from... The cops? I think she did something. Something happened with the cops, or I, I don't know. But she got okay, like yes, I remember that. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, okay. It's a, it's a mess. So just another rags to riches to rags to riches to mm-hmm. rags again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what these shows do. Yeah. They they exactly. get their crystal chandelier. They get their high gloss floors. They put their whole shit on TV, and then the next thing you know, they got their kids on social media talking all kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. The infighting continues on the social media, so then you expect it to be addressed literally nine months later on the show. Right. I mean, it's it's really quite a formula. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It really is. So, what did you think overall of this episode? Boring, right? Totally boring until we got to the part where they're like, "Brahman, be drinking." <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. But even then, I was like, okay, so rich white lady's drunk, big whoop. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think she's still sober to this day, so that's good for her. When she started um, crying and was like, forever is a really long time, I was like, honey, just, just get a drink, because... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, she's the only good one. She's loud and proud, vocally, Black Lives Matter. One Yay. of her sons is a drag queen um she's very vocal in the lgbtq plus community she is like out here doing the work (laughs) but then still friends with them no no and i think those things are going to come to a head over the season i think especially like with from what i heard with black lives matter she's going to be getting into it 
um, with the pandemic. She's going to be like, she's the only one who's, she's the only adult in the room. And I think she and Kelly are going to have a lot of drama because of it. Okay, well, listen, if she wants to live on the right side of history, then I take that. You can go ahead and edit that part out where I said the white lady be drinking because <laughs> we can't be disparaging our allies. Okay. Right. <laughs> she, she's doing the work I, from what I've seen and from what I've heard. And yeah, I, I think she's I think she's out here. She's really well, out good here. Well, good for her. Going to the protests and all of it. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Tell everybody. I'm not, I'm, I'm not, okay, sorry. What? No, oh, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, if we want to replace alcoholism with, uh, you know, activism, then that that's right. a t-shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bronwyn, right. if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> right. Uh, um. Tell everybody about your podcast. I will. Thank you so much for asking. So I, we're actually, we just started our second season this week. It's called Imperfect Strangers, where as Jade and XD would say, uh, it's the show where Melissa talks to that white lady. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, It's really a show where two people get to know each other by talking on the phone every week. And true to form, I have never met this woman um, in real life, she, you know, sort of has a leg up on me in that, you know, she knows me from my various appearances on terrible reality shows. Uh, but for the most part, we sort of um, are both moms of three children. We have a lot in common. And at the same time, we discover week to week that we have very much not in common. So um, <laughs> it's been really fun. And the show is, um, it's a nice little what do you say, uh, respite from the hellscape that is the world. So if you want to listen to it, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere really you listen to podcasts. And we also do a fun thing on our Instagram account where every week when the show goes live at midnight um, Fridays, you can go to our Instagram account and there's an interactive story. So whatever Amanda and I are discussing in the story also shows up in the um instagram highlights after the show is over and then on mondays you can see us chat we go live on instagram and you know talk with our stranger friends about the episode or you know random other things so it's really been a nice little you know if you if you have been properly uh hunkered down during covid it's been a nice little community that we've been building for the past six months and it's been fun yeah. So you should you, listen to it. <laughs> you had a conversation where you're trying to teach Amanda must be too what that means and how to properly <laughs> say it. It was killing me. <laughs> and she still gets it wrong. <laughs> so she, she still gets it wrong. And she'll she be trying. she'll send me some sometimes she does, you know, she's doing the work. She'll send me text messages and be like, Is this a must be too? And I'll be like, No, that's close, but that's that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> She's really, she's trying, she's doing the work, and I appreciate her for that. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, oh, yes, and Amanda is an ally. You know, I would not just randomly have a podcast with someone who doesn't, you know, believe that Beyonce should never be disparaged. I would not have a podcast with someone who doesn't believe that Black Lives Matter. I would not have a podcast with someone who doesn't use washcloths. Amanda has been vetted. She is not a demon. It's a good show. Check it out. <laughs> You've, you've really put her through the ringer and she has passed every test. I'm very impressed with her. Yes. And you know what? It's, it's not, it's not a one-sided relationship. She's been teaching me a lot of stuff too. This past week, we've had a very big, 
you know, she, she taught me about menstrual cups and wow, it, it was eye opening. So, you know what I have, I'm a recent convert to the diva cup. Wow. I, yeah. I gotta tell you, I, I like it. I'm loving it. I'm loving my journey. Wow. Okay. So I can't wait to tell Amanda because, yeah. you know, the whole time I'm looking at her like, this must be some white thing. Must be white. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I might be one of like seven. I don't think there are too many. I learned about it from my white friends. So, you know. You know, sometimes the whites be onto something. Sometimes the whites know some things. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to get them credit where it's due, you know? And yes. I. <laughs> No, she's been teaching me. She's taught me a lot. I mean, I know about every uh, holistic vitamin. She got me taking vitamin D drops, you know, so it's a good relationship where we are learning a lot from each other. She stopped using brown emojis. Listen, it's it's all friendship here. <laughs> well, God bless. Um, where What's your Instagram? My Instagram um, for the podcast is imperfect strangers yeah. underscore podcast. Um, okay. And then from there, if you go to the link in the bio, hashtag link in the bio, um, you can discover all the other places where we are. We tweet, we have merch, we have a Patreon that we just launched where you can get um, behind the scenes um, stuff. You can get entire episodes that never, you know, got published because we are fearful of cancellation in 2020. Um so we put those behind a paywall. Uh, so you can cancel me from, uh, you can cancel me after you give me a check. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, it's just, it's just been very fun. Amanda and I, we cut up every week. So if your really listeners do. would like to listen to my shit, that would be very appreciated. Yes. And I will link that in the description of this episode. You can find it very easy peasy. Just click there. Great. Now, Kara, you can have me back on the show if you want to talk about Man with a Van, because I just started that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I think I need you to talk about Love After Lockup with me. They're going to start a new season in November, and I think you need eyes on that. Okay, so then what you're going to do is, when that time comes, send me my homework. Okay. <laughs> and then and then send me a Google Calendar invite, because, you know, I got all these kids doing remote school, and I got things going on, but send me my homework and send me my invite, and I will be there because love after lockup y'all motherfuckers yeah. be french kissing outside the jail and this right. motherfucker didn't have floss this whole time i have questions exactly <laughs> you get it already thank you so much melissa you have a great day you as well thank you kara <laughs> bye bye